I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to Wads Business Australia's only live business and market streaming channel. Great to have your company just gone at 1 p.m. Eastern. Time for the call. Two experts, 10 stocks nominated by you and we give you an opinion on them. So great to welcome back Howard Coleman from Team Invest. Howard, good to see you again. Yeah, good to be with you, David. Uh, nice to be on the show again. Yeah, no, good to have you here. And Rudy Philippek van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, always good to see you. A pleasure. Uh, I was shocked, I think, on a call day before yesterday. Um, our guest was saying Technology One is a bit too high at the moment and weren't well, they, keen they, on it. They came down by a whole dollar. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Looking good. All right. Uh, let's get stuck into it, of course. We kick off with a stock of the day, but um, today, something a little different. We're going to do a sector of the day, which is interesting because the federal government is set to give eligible Australians $25,000 grants to renovate their homes in an attempt to boost demand in the construction sector. We spoke with Property Council Chief Executive Ken Morrison earlier on Ausbiz, who has welcomed the move risk that we had in front of us as a sector was while existing projects have been allowed to continue they haven't been shut down there's this enormous demand black hole opening up in front of a sector so you knew where your current job was but you didn't know where your next job was and that's the danger that at a time when the government wants us wants the economy to be to be building uh, a future a sustainable future for australia that construction would be a drag on growth and not a driver of recovery. So that's what this stimulus is all about. Uh, we we welcome it. It is it is good news, uh, and we think it will make a difference to help save jobs in the construction industry. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I think it's a bit miserly because when you look at the details, it's twenty five thousand dollars, but it's means tested for anyone earning an income up to $125,000 as a single, but $200,000 for a couple. And you've got to spend or invest or renovate to the tune of a minimum $150,000 up to $750,000, which in a recession, uh, that's got to be a big decision for anyone. But it begs the question, will this be a great stimulus for listed home builders? Is this the start of a rebound for them? Howard Coleman from Team Invest. Uh, do you think and reckon this will have any impact on our home builders going forward? Does it make them a more attractive investment? Well, I think in the end, uh, every company is a good or bad investment because of what the company, uh, how well the company is run, rather than because of any government stimulus. And uh, looking through our um, team invest filters, I can only find one home builder that consistently passes. 
So that would be the only one I'd be interested in, whether there was a government stimulus or not. And it's a company, Cedarwood Property, CWP. I, in fact, own some of them in my portfolio. And uh, they have consistently passed our filters, high return on equity, not incredibly high, but by home building standards, which is a, a capital intensive industry, about 13% ROE, relatively low debt, earnings growing, and they've got a land bank that will probably keep them busy for about 10 years. So I'm sure the hmm. management at CWP are cheering, the shareholders at CWP are cheering, but the badly run construction companies that don't pass our filters, um, just because there's a government stimulus, won't make them suddenly okay. well run. Yeah. Uh, it'll just make them uh, have a little bit more money than if they they didn't get the government stimulus. Um, my instinct was to look at companies like Reese and uh, GWA. Um, ah, right. Um, but um, one quick look already showed me that investors had already anticipated this. Right. Know, the share price in both cases is... is rallying quite hard. Right. Um, I think there's the, there's the difficulty with, with if you want to jump on, on these themes that, I mean, we knew this was coming. I mean, the share market isn't, hasn't waited until today. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe an alternative route here, and, but I mean, in general terms, I agree with, with Howard. Um, those who have tried to play the infrastructure theme or the building theme, which over the past years, even pre-pandemic, that was really uh, a hit and miss uh, affair. I mean, yep. down ADI, land lease, uh, RCR, Tomlinson. I mean, it was definitely not uh, a general success. Um, but I saw this morning, for example, that uh, Stockland received an upgrade on the basis of, of this program. Oh. And that made me realize that um, companies like Stockland, who are more diversified, but also have a big chunk in residential, and previously the market would be very cautious with those stocks because we didn't know what was coming in residential. Right. At the very least, I think the market is now anticipating that this might at the very least improve sentiment. Yep. And then companies like Stockland maybe might be become less undervalued as they are. So I would right. I would personally try to play that theme through that okay. part of the market instead of the stocks have already run very hard. Right, interesting, great advice. All right, let's get... Uh, into the stocks that you want us to uh, have a look at today. And um, the first one up, an international stock. We don't do them very often, but Alex sent this one in. Uh, Rudy, United Airlines, do you have a view on United? Is it, is it the same as Qantas? Well, 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 it isn't, but um, if I take it a little bit in a broader view, I think, I think um, um, the, the sage of Omaha, Warren Buffett, is confused, I think. I mean, his, 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 his saying used to be always, and I used to quote him all the time, you fly airlines, but you never buy them. Right. Um, and, um, I mean, and, but recently, he actually has been buying and then been selling them more recently, so he had to revise his view. Um, I stick with him, uh, even before he bought them in the first place. Uh, right. I fly airlines yep. very happily, but I don't, <laughs> I don't regard them as a, as a long-term investment. It's... It's not necessarily that, that the, the people who are managing those businesses are so bad at it. And, and we all have to realize there's a complete different dynamic in the United States as there is in Australia, right. where Qantas has a completely different proposition than the average American airline in the yeah. US. Um, I actually think they're not investment grade, to be honest. It's right. nice for billionaires. I mean, there's an old joke that uh, people say, uh, how do you become a millionaire? And the answer is, you start off as a billionaire and you buy an airline. <laughs> right? And uh, I think that's pretty much okay. sums it up. So I would say a no with a yeah. underlining on it. Howard, what about you? 
Yeah, I, I'd agree with the same thing, David. Uh, uh, exactly as Rudy has said, anything that's got the word airline or airlines in it, uh, put a big cross next to it. Uh, this is an incredibly capital-intensive business. You buy these extremely expensive planes, then a few years later they come up with one that's more fuel efficient, so the one you've got is now antiquated and you can't sell your seats cheaply enough. <laughs> you have to put lots of bums on seats in order to uh, cover the huge costs. You've got unions that are pilots' unions and cabin staff unions that you've got to deal with. Um, you've got monopoly uh, airports that uh, squeeze as much as they can out of you in landing charges and are usually monopolies in, in most cities. And uh, every decade, there's either a uh, volcano that erupts, that disrupts flights or some terrorism or a pandemic or the worry about a pandemic. Uh, it's an absolutely appalling business. And again, uh, quoting Warren Buffett on, on another thing other than what Rudy said, and the history of airlines over more than 100 years has been that the net profits made over that time by the entire airline industry in the world has been negative. So, you know, why get into a bad business? If I approached a group of investors and said I have a private business, in other words, not listed on the stock exchange, and it's an absolutely terrible business with awful economics, would you like to invest in it? They wouldn't say, well, if it's cheap enough, I will. They would say, no, thanks. Why are you asking me? Yep. Yep. Exactly right. All right. So that's a, a pretty clear cut direction for you, Alex, <laughs> on uh, United Airlines. Our second stock, uh, Rudy, um, something completely different. Bit of a darling of uh, the market for quite a while now. A2 Milk, um, which sort of has uh, zoomed up because of it sort of... Um, has highlighted this A1 or A2, A2 protein milk, in yes. milk that supercharges the healthiness of milk and infant formula, which has been a boom for it in China. Well, a lot of people are lactose intolerant and they yep. they can drink the A2 one, not, right. not the A1 one. Yep. Um, I, I think there's two things to highlight here. One is, and I think this, this will confuse a lot of people, but the share market often goes to the place where, they, where investors can make the most money. Yep. In the first phase of this pandemic-related sell down, stocks like A2 Milk, CSL, ResMed, Woolworths, Coles, uh, and a bunch of other ones, Fish and Pickle High Healthcare, they were at, at one stage close to all time highs, yep. while the Western market was at, at the multi decade lows. Now, at that point in time, we get the rotation going on because all the investors, in particular the institutions that have been underperforming the index, they realize they cannot outperform the index now by staying in those stocks right. if they were there in the first place. So now you see money moving out of those stocks and going into the likes of United Airlines because yeah. they are beaten down. Yeah. And that's the dynamic that is now, in particular in June, on, unfolding. So yeah. if people are worried because Woolworths shares are now 20% from their, from their highs, there's nothing wrong with Woolworths. Huh? Yeah. It's just that people can now make 60 70% in a few days yeah. on some of those beaten down uh, shares. And that's very lucrative, yeah. right? Instead of just sticking to Woolworths. Yeah. So that's exactly happening in the market. So um, I think from memory, uh, A2 milk is down close to 10%, I think, from the peak. Right. Uh, there's nothing wrong with A2 milk. I mean, they're, they're still right. a great company. Having said so, there is one element that people will have to keep in mind. <clears throat> the Chinese have bought 
Bellamy's last year. Um, and I mean, the way they acquired Bellamy's is probably not the cleanest way, but nevertheless, I think they're now making their intentions clear. They are, Bellamy's is now launching goat's milk and A2 milk. So I, th I suspect they found a way to give the Australians a payback. Right. And they do it through, through Bellamy's, right. which is ideal. I mean, they have the company, they, they yep. can do whatever okay. they want. So that is something that investors should watch very closely because A2 Milk is run by excellent management team. They have, they, they're the superstar in that sector. What an excellent management team often does is they can tackle most barriers along the road. Yep. The Chinese can play dirty here. Right. So that's a risk that investors will have to take on board. Yep. But I think that for the time being, if you combine everything with the portfolio rotation, everything in, in the basket, that investors can give management the benefit of the doubt here. Right. And I would look to acquire uh, A2 Milk, in particular if it, if, it, if it becomes cheaper from here. Okay, all right. Now, last week though, you said buy CSL on the pullback. Yes, and it's the same It's the same thing. One of the great companies. It's the same thematic, right. exactly. Okay. Nothing wrong with those companies. Yep, all right. Um, Howard, what do you think of A2 Milk? Yeah, um, a well-run company in its short history, and uh, the, the difficulty with a company with a history as short as this is you don't really know how they're going to cope in the long term. That adds a bit of risk, but it's certainly been well-run, high return on equity, no debt, growing earnings, all the right signs uh, for a, a wealth winner in the long term, other than we don't have enough history. But um, the other thing we have to remember is um, the A2 protein in milk uh, can be produced in other parts of the world too. And when you consider that Europe for many, many, many years was paying its farmers not to produce milk because they had such a glut and such a surplus of milk and that Europe's uh, milk production is a, a multiple of many, many, many times that of Australia and New Zealand, it's not going to be that long um, before European milk companies are starting to produce vast quantities of A2 milk and infant formula. And um, the only thing that A2 uh, itself will have is the nice brand name. And of course, fashions change. And it's quite possible that some other uh, protein or, or uh, uh, something in milk, uh, for instance, cholesterol reducing or something like that will become popular in the longer term. So uh, great company. But like all commodity producers, um, it's risky in the long term because somebody else will come up with the similar commodity at a lower price and that squeezes margins. So like all commodity producers, you want to be a bit wary of it, but so far it's done wonderfully well. Okay. Would you be a buyer of it? Um, not at these prices. I mean, I'm looking on uh, uh, at what we call our fear greed indicator and it's in the red. It's not very right. high in the red, but uh, we like them to be in the green, which is down at the bottom, or at least in the bottom half of the black. So, um, you know, if the share price came down uh, quite significantly from the current share price to uh, perhaps somewhere around about $14 or less, then I'd start uh, being enthusiastic, but not at the current share price now. Okay. All right. So I guess, I, I guess the same discussion I have with Claude every time. If, if, you, if you only buy them when they're cheaply, you may not have them ever yeah, in you your may portfolio. Not ever right? get them. All right. So a yes from Meridia on that, uh, a no from Don't Howard, unless I get to 14. 
Uh, our third stocker, Rudy, um, sent in by James. And Philip, thank you for sending in A2 Milk. Um, hopefully that gives you some, some great guidance. Uh, James wants an opinion on Red Bubble. Now, Red Bubble is a uh, sort of where artists, it's sort of an online market for artists, isn't it? Yes. Where they a, lot, can, a lot of it's print work. Yeah, like you print can, work. Yeah. You can you can put your designs yeah. or you yeah. know, pictures on T-shirts on or whatever. Or that yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that probably is my problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, it all. I mean, it, I mean, there's a few problems with Redbubble. I I I, I have uh, one is. The company does exist uh, now for I think 14 years, yeah. um, but has only been listed for I think two or so. Um, so it doesn't really have a history. It's not profitable by far. Yeah. And uh, if I uh, take guidance from the few analysts who cover the stock, it's not being, it's not supposed to be profitable anytime soon. Uh, so those are a few problems. Um, then the nature of the business, um, I'm not so sure. I mean. Um, whether that's a, a model that, uh, for example, is, is going is going to uh, give us eternal and solid and sustainable growth in in the long run. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, um, I rather in that case, I rather buy uh, someone who can market A2 milk very very well, yeah. or who can collect uh, plasma very very well and, and and give and 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 develop medicines on top of that, yeah. than from a platform that essentially sells drawings and, and paintings and and, mm. and and then you can put them on a yeah. uh, somewhere yeah. dynamic founder yes. who came up with the oh, idea yeah, yeah. and Absolutely. great story yeah. yep. but see that's i mean there's not a company on the share market which is called experience co and they do jumping out of the plane and things like yeah. that a again it's nice if you want to jump out of a plane every once in a while or do it simulation wise but as an investor on the share market it's those type of companies that don't really sit well with myself right um and man so far it's it's been a little bit wishy-washy in terms of share price performance as well yeah so i'm uh, i'm having a wide bow around it right and i wish them good luck okay <laughs> <laughs> all right howard does uh red bubble impress you no i mean uh, i'm sure artists like it um but uh, this is a company that's lost 150 percent of its shareholders equity over the past four years in other words, it must have done a capital raising along the way and lost a lot of that money as well. Um, so it's a great idea, not a business. And um, it's, not a, it's, it's not generally a profitable strategy to invest in ideas. You want to invest in businesses that can actually make a profit. This is not a business. It's an idea that loses money um, for its owners. And why would one want to join the owners who are losing money and contribute your money to the, the to the cause uh, you know if it was doing something that i thought was going to change the world and do wonderful things for i don't know poverty in africa or something then i could say well it's a great charity i don't mind giving my money knowing that it's all going to get used up and it'll never make a profit but as an investor i look at a company like this uh, with a history of making a loss every year and quite substantial losses every year and i just shudder um uh, so, no, big cross from me, uh, David. Okay, so I know on Redbubble, James, from uh, from both Rudy and Howard. Um, our fourth stock um, sent in by one of our viewers, David, thank you for that. Uh, John Ling, Howard. Now, this is a, um, basically a, a building company that 
no, does fit outs and interiors as, as well as commercial and industrial buildings, construction yes, companies. Yes, in fact, I, I currently know them well because they're about to do some repairs on my house from my somewhat absurd incident where I drove my car through the back of my garage and I look oh. on the top of the cliff. And I <laughs> oh, my God. Levels down below. Wow. So I not only destroyed my car, but I did a fair bit of damage to my house. And interestingly, the, the insurance company, Amy, have appointed John Ling to do ah. the repairs. And they've just started doing some of the repairs. So I uh, only had a short history of listing. It's only been listed for a couple of years. In that very short time, uh, its return on equity has been good. It's got low debt. Uh, earnings haven't grown from 2018 to 2019, but 2018 being its first listing year may have been more than a full 12 months. Uh, I don't really know. So um, it, it looks a little bit promising, but it's on a PE of 40. And for a company that's in building uh, uh, to be on a PE of 40, is extremely rich indeed, and especially when it's only got a two-year history. So dealing with them, I found them to be lovely people. I think they're going to do a marvellous job on my house, but uh, <laughs> uh, I would consider investing in them yet. Um, Rudy, does John Ling come out unscathed from your analysis of it? Um, well, let's, let's start off with, with, uh, with, with the common sense investor. Um, they've, on, they've only had two years of, of uh, track record on the stock exchange. That's not yeah. much. On, on my analysis, most companies, it takes about four years to be listed before companies really truly reveal their weaknesses and their strengths. Um, two years often is, is, is too short. Right. The first year, they sort of lived in anonymity anyway. Yeah. Nobody was paying attention. What, what makes them stand out here, and, and I do know that they are on the radar of quite a, a number of uh, small cap professional investors, is they were one of the few that early in the year when we came out of the bushfires and the drought, they actually came to the stock market and were saying like, oh, we're having all the benefits, we're getting a lot of extra yep. orders in, yep. uh, because they do repairs. Yeah. And, and, and they do for the insurance exactly. work, not just no. how it's exactly. uh, No, you don't have to drive your car into the house for yeah, a minute. Yeah. If it burns down, they, yeah. call them in, they call them in as well. So these guys yeah. are basically seeing unprecedented work yeah. And that's obviously what the, share, what the share price has responded to. Now, the, the problem I have with that is that that's why the share price has run up quite highly. I can't judge because I don't know the company enough and I, I don't know enough of the, of the forecast and the data, is that, that outburst we see right now in repairs they have, whether that's going to last beyond this year. Because yeah. if that's just a one-off on the back of, of the bushfires, then they will fall into a, into a hole at one stage and the share price will respond accordingly. So I think, you, yes, you can add this one to your portfolio, but I would categorize this one for that part in your portfolio where you take a higher risk punt. Right. So you basically you buy not as many shares as you normally do with other stocks yep. and, and, and you take it on the assumption that the, the share price can go higher because they will, they will probably issue a fantastic result in, in August. Yep. Uh, and let's hope that they that management by then can also say and the year ahead looks equally good yeah because if they have to admit, so that's what you'll be looking for exactly because you know, if they have that, to admit the exactly exactly because if they have to admit that like, we had a fantastic half year but that seems to be petering off then the share yeah. price will get clobbered because this, right. this is quite a small cap stock still yeah so okay. with consideration of the risks right. um, you have to be careful uh, the market can can 
can go way too high and yep. can then subsequently respond by going yeah, a lot lower. Yeah, yeah. What's the cycle? All right. Um, so a high risk punt uh, in Rudy's words. All right. Our, uh, our fifth stock, um, Howard Corporate Travel Management. It's sort of um, uh, a company that uh, in, in financial review columns is closely watched and <laughs> has, has had quite an intriguing story around it, the, uh, the goings on there. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. A, a company that looks after what the name implies, corporate travel of, of businesses. Absolutely, and has software that uh, effectively makes it easier for the corporates to do a lot of their own travel management and achieve a lot of the things that uh, can be done using their software quicker and easier than if you use most other travel agents. So, um, yes, I think Joe Aston in the financial columns uh, uh, must dislike this company for some reason, either that or he's working for a short seller, who knows. Um, but... Uh, uh. Yes, I'm sure he's not doing that, Howard. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, sure. I, I We're not accusing him of that. <laughs> no. But, um, uh, you know, it's been a very well-run company. It's got high return on equity. It has had for uh, more than a decade now. It's had close to zero debt for more than a decade now. They're very debt-averse. We had a chat with Jamie Ferris uh, about a week ago. He, he phoned mm -hmm. in or did a webinar for Team Invest members didn't tell us anything that we didn't know from everything that had been released to the market before, but it was really very interesting being able, able to ask him uh, about his feelings and what was going on in the travel industry. And corporate travel hasn't been nearly as badly hit as leisure travel because you can still fly uh, in terms of corporate travel uh, to some parts within areas like within Europe, um, within the United States, within Australia, so they haven't been as badly affected as the leisure industry has been affected. And I think the most positive thing for, with the webinar uh, for us with uh, Jamie was the fact that he looked so relaxed. This didn't look like somebody who was under extreme pressure and worried whether his business would survive or not. And in fact, he pointed out what we'd spoken about before, and that is that by the time this all ends, it's highly likely they'll have far fewer competitors the beauty about recessions in a particular industry is it knocks out all the weakest players. So the strong players who remain pick up all that market share that used to be handled by the weak players. And travel, of course, is a very fragmented industry. There are thousands of travel agents all around the world. So if large numbers of them get knocked out through this uh, pandemic, um, that leaves all their business to be picked up by others who survive. It's pretty certain, I would think, that corporate travel will survive. So they will probably land up in the long term being beneficiaries, although in the short term, obviously, it's hurting their earnings and they're not making profits right now today. But uh, as uh, travel opens up, they should be making again. So I'm very positive on the company. I do own the, the shares, I should mention to viewers. And I added some when the share price plummeted all the way down to, in fact, I see it got down to 436. I wasn't quite that wise, but I bought some at $6 something again, um, adding to the holdings that I already had. Uh, and I'm very happy with uh, the with business and, and intend continuing holding it. Okay. All right. So a yes from uh, this Simon sent in the suggestion for corporate travel. So there you go, Simon. Howard likes it. Rudy? A big no. A big no. A big why, no. why a big no? From uh, it's the government's part. 
predominantly the government's part. I mean, I, I, um, I disagree with Howard on the fact that, uh, that uh, this company has a bad rep because some columnists of the AFR is having a go at them. I think it's the other way around. I think it's, there's so many question marks about their governments and their accountancy that they are an easy target for someone like Joe Ashton. So it's the other way around. And right. I think the market does have a lot of questions. In, in, in particular, for example, last year, that uh, this company had to put their acquisition strategy on hold because investors kept on asking, why are your profits so different from your cash flow? Yeah. And that's obviously, that's one of the things investors should always watch. Uh, and this company will have that for a long time because they have this acquisition strategy. Um, apart from the fact that at some stage it was, it was getting to a, quite a ridiculous stage. They were, they were claiming offices on their website that weren't there and, 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 and things like that. So that's, at the very least, clumsy. I mean, yeah. you don't put offices on your website and then later on it turns out that you have to admit that you actually don't have an office there. Mm. Um, so for me, it's, it's, it's the whole governance and the question marks around it. Um, not the type of risk I want to have in my portfolio. So uh, I actually owned the shares uh, a quite a while back right. um, because that was on the basis of that their software is actually quite good. Yep. People like using it um, and it's obviously that corporate part at that time that was uh, thriving. Right. Plus they, they tend to make an acquisition every week, uh, not anymore, but at that time. Um, so at the moment I'm just, I'm just not, it's not the type of company I'm, I want to be in associated with. Okay, all right. So a mixed bag there from both Howard and Rudy, that's uh, our five, halfway of our uh, 10 stocks today on the call. Just to recap, um, United Airlines, a definitive no from both, both Howard and Rudy. Um, A2 Milk, um, a no from Howard, but if there was a pullback to $14, he'd be interested. Um, a yes from Rudy on a pullback in the price as well. Um, a de definitive no on Redbubble from both Rudy and Howard. Uh, John Ling, um, a no from Howard. Uh, Rudy calls it uh, a high risk punt, if you're interested at the moment. Uh, and corporate travel, a yes from Howard. And a no in capital letters based on the governance side from Rudy. All right, let's get into our, our sixth stock, uh, suggested by Ben. And Howard Aluka Resources, um, one of the, the major mineral sands miners, um, not only in Australia, but around the globe, a, a miner, explorer, uh, producer of mineral sands. Yes, and uh, I mean, it's a company that uh, for some reason is, is continually asked about uh, uh, over the years. I've been on, on TV in various iterations for more than 10 years. And, I must have been asked about Eluca an enormous number of times. Um, like all commodity producers, it's very, very hard to get enthusiastic about them because um, when the commodity price goes up, they sometimes make some more money for a while, then it goes down and they don't. It's always all over the place. It's got uh, uh, issues uh, on and off with uh, um, uh, turning its commodities into more usable form. Uh, it's got an operation in Malaysia that first it had a license, then it didn't have a license, then it had a license. Just all too hard. And commodity producers uh, in general don't turn out to be wealth winners. Uh, so, you know, we in Team Invest tend to avoid them be simply because they very rarely turn into wealth winners. Hugely capital intensive businesses. Uh, as capital intensive as airlines and capital intensive businesses are not usually long term 
uh, wealth winners as investments. So a, a no from me. Okay, avoid a look at Rudy. On the, on the broad uh, view, you, you can't disagree with that view. Uh, mm. I mean, one of, maybe one of the elements to throw in here is that Rio Tinto is a very major player in those markets as well. Only for Rio Tinto, it doesn't matter that much because they, they don't make yeah. that money there. Yeah, they've got uh, a bigger portfolio, whereas mm, it's, this, it's, uh, this is almost a straight yes, mineral sands e play. Exactly. There's two elements here. One is, this is often forgotten, but they have a iron ore exposure. They, and they're mm. going to spin that off uh, over the next six months or so. That's one of the reasons why I suspect investors are jumping on board because right. Good news for iron ore, often forgotten, but it should translate into good news, in particular for the operations they're going to spin off. Yeah. Um, the other element here is that their, their market update early in the year was uh, quite negative. Uh, Zircon prices uh, too low. Uh, the, the, other, the other business weren't, weren't doing well either. However, this morning, upgrade by Goldman Sachs on the expectation that uh, it's a 2021 story. Right. So if, if it's, it, it's, it's the, the markets therein are are often called a late cycle market. Right. So yeah. you come out of a recession and first we're all going to buy copper and nickel and the next phase is that we move into the, the second phase and that's, that's ILUCA. Now the problem with that, with that proposition is that if you wait until next year, the share price will have already priced it in. I mean, the share price has already run quite highly. So again, if, you, if, if this is the type, I mean, it's not my type of investment, but if this is the type of, an, of, of punt you like to take, it's, it's, it's high risk and you don't get time. So you, you probably have to jump on board around this time here right. and see the share price moving higher. Because if you're waiting for 2021 to uh, eventuate itself and to confirm the market's thesis that, that for example, the market does look better for Zircon and, and, yeah. and that spin-off of iron ore goes successfully, I mean, you, you don't need, the market doesn't give you that time. Right? Right. And the risk, of course, is that at some point, if that, if that view changes again, then the share price will come down. Sure. So that's why it's it's a high risk. Good time to spin off an iron oh, yeah. ore absolutely. option. Absolutely, absolutely. Iron ore prices, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you have to do it now. Right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. where the price is down. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, high risk. Not for me. Not for Howard, of course. Yeah. But I can see the the logic why right. why you would you would take a punt on this one. So Ben, if you're going to do it, do it now. But understand it is high yes, risk. Exactly. That part of the portfolio. Uh, Howard, our seventh stock has been suggested by Vic and uh, Suncorp, the Queensland-based wealth management insurance group, bank as well, part of it, the, uh, the whole yes. financial services offering. Yeah, um, not a company that it's easy to get enthused about. I mean, it's never going to be a capital killer, but it's never going to be a wealth winner either. You know, the return on equity over 10 years has varied between 5% and 8.2%. Now that's significantly lower than the big four banks. Now your return on equity sets a cap on the maximum on the long term that you as an investor can get out of a company. So if a company's got a return on equity a third uh, lower than uh, some of the others in the industry, it's never going to be the wealth winner in that industry. Um, so its return on equity is low. Uh, it's Earnings per share have hardly grown. They've just about kept up with inflation, maybe fractionally beaten inflation over the 10-year history, but only just. Um, as I say, it's it's never going to be a great investment, but at the same token, it won't be a capital killer either. I certainly uh, am looking for wealth winners in my portfolio, as team invest members are. It's at the moment on a PE ratio of about 12. 
the best time to buy banks is when they're on PE ratios of less than 10, when everybody says the banking industry is in deep trouble. And uh, not that long ago, it was on a PE of about 10, but it's now on a PE of 12, not a time when you'd be wanting to buy mm. banks. Uh, and this one's got a low return on equity for somebody in its field, banks and bank and wealth management insurance. So a no from me. Okay, ready? Totally agree. Uh, yeah. Boring and unexciting. And, and, <laughs> and that goes both for the business as for the investment performance. I think if you look at two sides of the business, I mean, you, you can discuss climate change. But what you can't discuss is that we had drought, we had fires, we had storms, we have more tsunamis, and, and we have very, very changeable weather and more hailstorms and all of that. Yeah. that at, if that is a new trend, then maybe you have to reconsider having insurance companies in your portfolio. I mean, right. it's not made easier for them. Yeah. And, and no doubt we'll, there will be some backlash at some stage because they will decide that they will not insure certain houses, certain properties, uh, etc. cetera, and, and, and what's the government going to do about it? Yeah. I mean, the other part is the bank, right? Uh, it's a bank and it's way too small. Um, there's been speculation in the market that um, the best thing probably they can do, apart from spinning it off, which they don't seem to be intent of, is at some stage approaching Bendigo and Adelaide Bank and just merge. Right. Might make for a nice uh, fourth pillar in Australia. It's probably the best way out, but um, unless, and, I mean, we still, I know that the Treasurer has declared a recession, yeah. but, but the recession is maybe already over, but um, we will have the aftermath of the recession and we yeah. will have people losing jobs, we will have people not being able to pay their mortgages, etc., etc. They are in Queensland, they will be exposed to that, to that theme, um, so m maybe it's, it, it might become boring and exciting from a negative view, not right. something you want to have in your portfolio, right. I don't okay. think so. Uh, Vic? Uh, a no from both Howard and Rudy on Suncorp. Um, Trevor has sent in the next suggestion, RPM Global Holdings. Howard, this is sort of an IT uh, management software project management uh, company uh, focusing on the mining industry. Would that be a fair description? Yes, and uh, it's a very impressive uh, name, RPM Global Holdings Limited. <laughs> Um, certainly sounds great. Uh, somebody in the marketing department must have come up with a name. Um, but its results have been very unimpressive. Uh, it, it, it's lost money five years out of 10. Its return on equity has only once in 10 years been greater than 10%. That's a long time ago in 2012. Um, it, 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 considering the sector that it's in and the fact that it's in software and IT, You'd expect a high return on equity. It does have no debt, which, which is the one positive. But really, there's absolutely nothing in its metrics that would make anybody in Team Invest do anything more than glance at it briefly and say, forget that company. Um, if you want to be in mining services, there are a couple of outstanding businesses in mining services. This isn't one of them. And, uh, you know, if you want to be in that field, uh, mineral resources or monodelphus, it'd be a far, far, far better place to put your money than this particular one. So okay. definitely a no from me. Hey, Rudy? If Howard thinks they have a long name now, you should, have, you should have looked them up when they really had a long name. Because those RPM originally stood for three separate companies. You know? oh, it, was, okay. it was a name as long as my arm. Right, okay. um, They've been around <laughs> quite a while, and obviously they've, they've, they've merged and acquired a few businesses over time. 
The irony with this business is it, it, it actually is a multinational. It has offices in, uh, for memory in, in, in countries like Chile and, uh, and obviously uh, Perth and, and, and across Australia. Because they do, I mean, the ASX puts them on the in, in, uh, software or whatever they put them on, but it's actually a mining service provider. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a consultant to the mining industry. The fact that they are a multinational with offices across the world and, and they make only the revenues they're making right now shows you that, that their margins must be very small, very thin. Um, I mean, they're nowhere to be seen in any of the indices and they've been around for ages. Um, if you look at the average trading volume in the stock, it's, it can be really, really low. Yep. Um, all things that you basically should consider as an investor before you put your money in there. Okay, so uh, a note from both Rudy and Howard. Staying on the, the software IT um, sort of theme here and, and next stock suggested by you, our viewers, is Live Hire. Now, this is a, a recruiting platform for corporates to use, sort of recruiting HR, that sort of thing. Uh, won a big Queensland contract uh, last month and had a pretty good increase in share price. Howard, can they sustain it? What do you think of Live Hire? Well, um, whatever the share price does, this is not a profitable company. And it's like one of those we looked at earlier on. It sounds like a great business or a great idea. Sorry, uh, the, the word is idea. It sounds like a great idea, but a terrible business. It's lost uh, about 120 percent of shareholders equity over the last four years since it's been listed, which means it must have had a capital raising along the way, at least one of them. And uh, uh, you know, as I say, it's not a business. And when you're investing, you want to be investing in businesses that are profitable, because as a shareholder, you share in the profits of the company. If the company makes losses, you share in the losses. And uh, I'm not uh, feeling all that charitable that I want to take any of my money and give it to some company that runs at a loss. I'd rather give it to a company that runs at a profit and returns me my share of a profit. And uh, you know, this company, as I say, has never made a profit. Yes, they've made a couple of exciting sounding announcements along the way. But, you know, if you don't make, if you don't have the right kind of uh, pleasant, good sounding announcements, you don't stay listed for terribly long. So uh, I'd rather uh, own shares in a company that delivers results rather than ones that deliver uh, good sounding announcements. Okay. Uh, Rudy, they did announced a, a Queensland government contract March, then uh, April, end of April was a big North American yeah. contract for corporates who are starting to pick the software up. Yes, but I'm, I'm a little bit with uh, on the same side as a Howard. Yeah, I, don't, I know it doesn't make a, a very exciting television here. No, but, but, not but at all. See, well, I we think, we I think, tell it like yes, it is. I think what, what people sometimes underestimate mm. is that there was a time when anything on the share market that smelled a little bit like a technology company was snapped up. Yep. And that's what you see on those price charts. Yeah. So at that point in time, all investors need to know is, oh, it's a technology sector. And then they buy the stock and it, and it runs up really, really highly. Again, it's not making a profit. It's, it might have to come back to the market and raise more capital because sooner or later it's going to run out of it if it, if it doesn't manage to make, to make a profit. And I'm assuming a, 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 an added complication here is that we, we will have a recession. The, the true effects of the recession are yet to come. And there are a lot of businesses that will maybe hold off on, 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 uh, on hiring people. And, and that's exactly where they're in. 
in yep. that particular part of the market. Yep. So you can see on the share price as well that, I mean, in, in the in the short term, it 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 it's it sort of stabilizing at a certain level where the market I think is is hedging its bets, and 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 wants to see what's coming next. But right. again, it's for me, it's 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 unproven. It's it doesn't have a track record. It's 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 not profitable for the wrong reasons. Yep. Um, and it's it's uh, it's uh, too high risk for me. Uh, they are tough businesses to look at, aren't exactly. they? These exactly. technology businesses yes. that, in the early stages, are investing in R and D. They all have a putting it back. All in. have a very good idea. Yeah? Yeah. They all have a plan and a, and a, and, so, a, and a prospect. So, what do you look for for the trigger that says right there? See, see I personally wait until we're further in further in the in the maturity right. process. Okay. Our final stock, uh, Howard, um, a real estate investment trust in the industrial um, property area. This has been a suggestion from uh, from Gordon, one of our viewers. Um, 48 big factory projects that they've got in there. Centuria. What do you think of Centuria? Re- REITs, you, you generally go in for, for the yield, don't you? Well, with a, a, a REIT, yes, but um, you know the problem with uh, REITs generally is their return on equity is low, which means that your long-term combination of yield and share price appreciation is low. So your total shareholder return over a long period of time is low, simply because their return on equity is low. So, um, you know, being in an industrial REIT, it's probably a better place to be than some other forms of property at the moment. I wouldn't like to be uh, 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 one that was a uh, shopping centre REIT at the moment. But it's very hard to get any enthusiasm up over a company with a return on equity of less than 10%. Because if the return on equity is less than 10%, over the long term, you can't generate total shareholder return of more than 10%. So uh, in their case, the average return on equity has been about, or looking across this graph, probably about but under 7%. Now, that's not a very exciting return in the long term. There are companies that you can invest in that between capital gain and uh, uh, dividend yield are going to give you considerably better than that. In fact, the market overall uh, with... Uh, 2,200 companies, two-thirds of which are unprofitable and mainly junk, manages to deliver an index return of about 11% in the long term. So why invest in something that's going to give you a lower return than that? So I think as REITs go, it's probably one of the better REITs. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, simply because it's in industrial rather than in shopping centres. But... um, uh, I can't get enthusiastic about any company with a return on equity that low. So from a team invest perspective, our members would all look at it and say, doesn't pass our filters, return on equity is too low, and they'd put a cross next to it and move on. Okay, ready? Um, if you're looking for dividends, a big yes. Right. It's, uh, at this point in time, when um, dividends are disappearing, left, right, and center from the market, this is one of the most secure, reliable dividend payers on the market. Uh, whenever, on my observation, whenever um, experts in the market are drawing up uh, lists of stocks to consider when you want to have a reliable dividend, this is obviously uh, al- almost every time is mentioned. Right. Okay. Uh, and it is that type of business. I mean, it has um, tenants like Woolworths, for example. I mean, tenants that are probably going to continue paying their rent 
and and of course it's not it's not exciting if you're if you're looking for a a, a more heavier return but for investors who, who want to have an alternative to the banks who are yeah. now cutting their dividends mm -hmm. this should be definitely on their radar yes. okay all right so if you're after income yield that could be the way to go all right that's our 10 stocks for the call today howard coleman from team invest always an absolute pleasure to have you on on the program look forward to seeing you soon pleasure being on with you david and rudy uh, thanks very much lovely being on and Rudy Philippic Van Dyke from FN Arena. What's the the leading coverage on FN Arena today? Um, we what do we what do we have today? We have Stockland. Ah, okay. Up, upgrade on Stockland, yes. An upgrade on Stockland. Okay, all right. Uh, go to fnarena.com to check out all the latest information. Thank you, gents, for joining us. Just a recap on the final five stocks. Corporate travel, Simon, you sent this one in. Uh, a yes from Howard, uh, a no in capital letters from Rudy because of governance issues. Aluka Resources, uh, Ben, the opinion there, no from Howard. Uh, Rudy says it's a very high risk play. If you're going to get involved, do it now. Uh, Suncorp and no, Vic, from both uh, Howard and Rudy. RPM Global, Trevor, uh, both no's. Live Hire, Luke, no from both Howard and Rudy. And Centuria, the REIT. Uh, a no from Howard, but if you're after income, a very big yes from Rudy. So that gives you a bit of a rundown of our 10 stocks of today. If you want to su suggest some stocks for us, uh, email them in the call at ausbiz.com.au or through Twitter, ausbiztv. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.